You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Golf, there it is. Golf, there it is. Golf, there it is. Golf, there it is. Welcome back to the Idiot Podcast. I already had to get that in there, those motherfuckers. You know what? If we never, like, I. Listen. The hatred level for um, the Oilers is unmatched. But it used to be the Canucks, right? When we were facing them uh, in the playoffs, it seemed every year, and fucking you had Biaxa and you had uh, Kessler and you had fucking Cook, and you just dealing with all these fucking the f- identical twins, <laughs> the identical alien babies. <laughs> Fuck, were they annoying to play? I literally and the fans. Oh. See. We okay, I don't know. Let's maybe we should have a quick debate about this because I think in the last two seasons we've said, okay, hands down, Oilers fans have to be the worst because they're insufferable and they're in complete denial of, of, of reality. And you mix those two together, it's it's very frustrating. However, Vancouver fans, on the other hand, it's like they don't, it's like they're kind of stupid when it comes to understanding hockey, at least Oilers fans understand hockey they're just in denial about how good their team is or how bad their team is canucks fans on the end it's just like Woo, we want a game like i remember it when when we were going through the rivalry with those guys and going to uh the dome playing the canucks and the canucks beat us just how fucking infuriating the fans were it's just like no like zero control over, you know, being a, a good winner, right? Like if you go to a, I don't know, how are you, if you're in an opposing team's rink and you win, are you going to be fucking gloating for the rest of the night, walking down the, 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 the concourse and out the stadium? Like, like, where are you at with that? Cause I fucking, when we win, I only stick it in your face if you've stuck it in mind. Correct. Exactly correct. If you haven't, I'm not going to stick it in your face. I'll be very respectful. I'm only going to give it back to you when you deserve it. That is the correct uh, way to go about these things. That's the thing about Flames fans, I find. Very few of us, I'm sure there's, there's, there's plenty of dickheads out there. Very few of the core fan base pull this shit where we're the ones, um, you know, we're not cocky. We're not arrogant. We don't say, hey, we're better than you all the time. We're just more worried about our business. In Vancouver, or in I think Toronto too, but Vancouver and Edmonton specifically, it's like they come to us. They start fucking with us. 
it's like there's the Vancouver fans. There's like a level of hockey immaturity. I find. Well, it's true because like, okay, when the Canucks aren't good, nobody buys tickets in Edmonton. They stink. And they still uh, think they're good. They still think they're good, but people still buy tickets and go to the game in minus 30 in an awful city. And same here. So Vancouver, they're only really interested if the team is relevant and good. See, I think. So I think there is something to that. I think the Flames fan where where our biggest kind of weakness is, is that we're too forgiving of the team. Our expectations are too fucking low. We're too okay with missing the playoffs again. Oh, yay. Final game of the season. Do we make the playoffs? No, but whatever. Uh, I remember, yeah, they missed the playoffs for like, this was way back in the days when they like were really bad. It's like 2003, maybe. And I was at the last home game and like they got a standing ovation for being one of the worst teams in the West. It was pathetic. Exactly. Just fuck right off with that shit. Like, I mean, and and this is one of the things that Daryl has come in and revived. Has it not? Oh, totally. Can we, can we get some uh, actual legit great expectations going on here? So I guess that that's kind of the three headed beast. The the uh, the Canucks fans they have the hockey immaturity. They're definitely the biggest. Well, and lot, yeah, a lot of people don't remember bandwagony for sure. A lot of people maybe or a lot of people who listen to this are like just just a little too young to remember that era of Canucks that we grew up with, where like holy fuck they had Bertuzzi who I liked when he was on the Flames, but like the most hateable pieces of shit ever. Except for Bertuzzi, he was he was good. Hasn was good. Morrison was good. Linden was it was a classic guy. They're so good though. And then that era of like the Sedines, like, okay, we don't talk enough about how weird those Sedine guys are. I get they're really good players, but isn't could that you, less? Could you imagine if we had this podcast? Imagine if Johnny Gaudreau had a twin brother, an identical twin, and they just like did everything together. It'd be so, f- it's like, I don't it's something that's under talked about with how weird those two guys are. Yeah. Have you seen those videos where it's just like you put them side by side and they're in sync? It's like, what the fuck, man? It's so creepy. But they were so, so good. And I remember like how much I hated those Vancouver teams. Like when Vancouver lost the cup in 2011, I have never been more relieved in my life because I thought oh, they were just the worst and they were so good. And I remember, I think it was the end of that year, the Sedines, like they routed us. They'd always kill us in Vancouver too with those years. And there yeah. was like a, the last game of the season and they just killed us. And the scene scored some stupid, like between the legs goal thing that just made me so mad. Or did they do the, the icing pass off the end boards, the other sitting? That one? We were able to watch that 30 times, didn't we? Fuck me. And then have Jim Houston be like, Daniel to Henrik, to Henrik, to Daniel. To Daniel! Oh, no, wait. Gosh. That was Henrik to Daniel to Henrik. Oops. <laughs> but it's like, the worst. Could you imagine though, like, the Sedines would have would be the new would be the McDavid of the podcast currently. That would have been fucking hilarious, man. Totally. It would have been unbelievable. And here's the thing with the Vancouver people. It's like it's an elitist thing. They're like, they think they're better than everyone. It's like, you know, you live in Vancouver. You're probably loaded anyways. You're just like, they think they're better than the rest of the We live in beautiful British Columbia. Exactly. (laughs) And then the whole province, it's like there's somebody living up fucking way up north. (laughs) (laughs) Canucks. Yeah, just that. like these like, blue collar people. Oh, I'm from BC. I'm a Canucks fan, but <laughs> yeah. hey, I guess it makes sense. Who else against you for? Yeah. But 
but still, you just okay, well, I'm from Calgary, okay? So, there. But you have, I think that's the thing. The There's immaturity. I think it has to do with they've never won. Because with winning probably comes maturity. Then you have the Flames fans. where we Dude, they a- fucking talk about immature. They burned the city down when they lost in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Explains a lot. The Calgary Flames, Flames fans were just were okay with. We were just happy to be there. Like the guys got home from the airport and there was like 20,000 people at the airport. Like, going, yeah, great job, guys. And then the Oilers, they I think they just they think they're a great franchise just because they had Gretzky for. For how long, however long, right? Imagine if the era of Gretzky, would they have ever won a cup? Well, their little thing is they did win one in the in 1990. Yeah, that's Gretzky, because so, that's, that's after fucking they were, yeah. the team had been seasoned to win because the of Gretzky. Th- yeah, the thing that pisses me off the most is think about how many cups the Flames would have had if the Oilers didn't have Gretzky. Exactly. <laughs> right. God almighty. Like they're pulling out all these stats right now. Currently it's like, Oh, Johnny Gaudreau has, has surpassed Joe Noonday. He's surpassed Joe Mullen. All these guys who used to be on this, like the flames were fucking loaded back then. Like just stacked. Like that 89 team. Like if fuck, stupid Gretzky. Gretzky. So here's my question. Who's Gretzky cheer for? In the first round, Oilers or Kings? You know he's still. You know he's a Kings guy. <laughs> Dude, he left. He just left Edmonton. Yeah, you know, he's working in LA. You think he's? You think he's cheering you, for you Connor got, secretly? Maybe you, he's got a soft spot for Connor. You got to think that he'll forever have. Just like when you get traded in the fashion that he did, and it was fucking devastating to him. You got to think that he is deep down. There's always going to be that little part of him that has what? What is it like? Uh, reg- uh, resent. Whoa. Resent. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And LA was was the opposite, right? They gave him everything, did everything for him. I don't know. It's that's that'd be a great question. Somebody ask Wayne that. He might. There's no way he'll give you probably an honest answer. Or maybe he would. But if I would be curious if you were to really strip him down and he had to pick who he wanted to win. You know what? The NHL is so stupid. Like, is he on TNT or something? Is he on a TV at some point? But the fact, Wayne, Gretzky, I know the fact. Yeah, exactly. The fact I have to ask that question is like, I don't know where to, the fact Wayne Gretzky is not like a mainstay uh, piece of NHL marketing and shit is like beyond me. Like, I don't even know if he's on TV or not. And I'm watching hockey every single night, 300 days a year. Like what is with this league? Like what is, what's wrong with them? Like he's probably the only hockey player. Any American could say, yeah, I know who Wayne Gretzky is. And like, he's MIA from the, from the league's marketing. Like what the hell's, I don't get it. He's just, he should be the face of the league off ice. I don't even know where the guy is. Yeah, I think you're onto something, bro. And like he's he's not a bullshitter either. Like again, maybe he's on TV, but again, I can't see him on TV. The I don't care. Remember when he was Team Canada's executive and he's just fucking ripping ripping people to shreds during 2002 Olympics? Like no. dude dude needs to be front and center as a as a piece of the NHL. That's true. Like, 
hands down, this is the greatest hockey mind of all time. And we never hear about him talk about hockey. Have you? No, when was the last? No, never. Why? Why is he on Hockey Night Canada every night? I cannot recall once him being asked his take on a hockey game. I can't recall once. I never heard it. Why? 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 Like you said, wouldn't the league want this guy to be an an um, analyst on the game of hockey? Or maybe he is on TNT, like you said. Yeah, but, but it's we TNT. don't even know. I don't see it. I, That's I the saw problem with the NHL I, is like I saw Shaq and Barkley last night on right? TNT. I have They're, no idea what wins. I don't know what they were doing with these hard boiled eggs, but they had about fifty hard boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I have to watch Scott Oak and Cassie Campbell and like David Amber. Like, that's what I have to watch. You have to cut and you got to listen to Elliot. Like, listen, Elliot Friedman is great at his job, but did this guy even play hockey? Like, we're I would done. love to get this... Wayne Gretzky's thoughts on the Calgary Flames right now. Right. And the thing about Elliot is, hey, I totally respect. Like, he is great at what he does. His I don't respect on... Elliot, but I uh, listen to his opinion. <laughs> He's a clown. He is great at reporting what is happening in the league. When it comes to analyzing the game of hockey, the dude's out to fucking lunch, is he not? What did he pick the fucking Canucks to win the division, didn't he? I'm not sure, but like if I Google Wayne Gretzky, I find more about his daughter than I do about him. I think he's being interviewed on Spit and Chicklets this week, so they better ask him where the where the fuck he is all the time. Hey, Google uh, Wayne Gretzky picture. Janet comes up, eh? Right, Paulina. Like that's the that to me is the epitome of the NHL. Why the NHL is not popular is like hey, the best player who ever played in the entire world, who is is like MIA. No idea where Wayne Gretzky is ever. Like I see more of Corey Sarich than I see of Wayne Gretzky. I don't like. I love Corey Sarich, but like I don't need to see Corey Sarich. I want to see try. Wayne. We should probably try and get Corey on the show, eh? Yeah, because I surprisingly there's very few interviews with him about killing Patrick Marlowe. Uh, that'll be the whole theme of the entire discussion. Of course, maybe. it'll be an hour long discussion of that hit in that game, and the hit that he had in junior, where the guy did like Whew. five. Five flips in the air. The biggest hit I've ever seen in my life. That's still okay. the biggest hit of all time. Oh, yeah. Easily. Let's bring it back to the Flames of current day. So, we open it up. We end the Vancouver Canucks season. And the only reason why I like that is because they, they fucking beat a 7 nothing and they're bloating. Oh, I thought the Flames were going to win the cup. Doing this. Good. This fucking Bruce, there it is, shit. No, it's not Bruce. It's golf. There it is. It's golf. Dude, Quinn Hughes looks like he needs a break. Buddy looks malnourished. (laughs) He needs a little more vitamin D, eh? Dude, not getting getting enough sunshine in... uh, on the on the on the, on the host there, host there. Too, much overcast, too many overcast days. Looked a bit ragged. So what game? Let's start with some Sutter. 
Let's lay the groundwork with some solder, then we'll cut through the games here. We've got three games left in the season. But from your take on the past week, we played four games. You, you get seven out of an eight possible points. The the best opponent you face is, is it Nashville or Dallas? Probably Nashville. I mean, Dallas, you had a, you played your a B game. You did get a couple of lucky bounces, but you still, you still found a way to win on home ice. I don't think this team does that in the, in the past two, three seasons, but you know, Daryl makes a good point. The Nashville game, that's a playoff game. The way he broke that down is it's tougher to score goals in playoff games. And that was a playoff game. The thing I like that Daryl talks about a lot with the finishing is like, because for years you've heard this team, oh, don't get the breaks. I'll chance them, I'll chance them, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, oh, the Flames just got run into a hot goalie. goalie. And I love how Daryl's pointing out that like, that's still not an excuse. It's like finishing and putting the puck in the back of the net is a part of this. It's not just like luck. It's not like, oh, you outplayed them, outchanced them, and you still couldn't win. It's like, yeah, there's a missing piece there. You couldn't score. Wasn't, like remember they're so spot on because that's been the thing with this team forever like the Gulletson year right oh man the flames just outplayed them oh how did they lose that game it's like because they couldn't put the puck away when glenn was the coach in that second year wasn't there like a wheel that somebody made up spin the wheel what's the excuse tonight <laughs> oh it ran into a hot goaltender like there was like five pat answers he would just rotate yeah, through it totally yeah. And like you said, Daryl on the opposite end of it is like, no, this is this is part of the game. You need to learn how to finish. It's not, oh, we ran to a hot We'll get them next time. No, you'll miss the playoffs. And you'll be or you'll be eliminated in game seven. Or game four. And I mean, I think that <laughs> or game four. Um, and I think that's part of his learned experience, too, because the last memory I have of Daryl Sutter coaching a Flames team was game seven against Anaheim 2006. And holy shit, could they not buy a goal that game? It's getting out of the Yeah. But you play Nashville as your fifth game in eight nights, your second half of a back-to-back. I thought they looked pretty fucking tired all game. They were wiped. And I mean, holy shit, good on them for battling back. That was like, dude, games in Nashville are always fun. Yeah. Dude, it's like a, it has to go to overtime, eh? Yeah. When we play there, it's like automatically going to overtime. Do you think we're going to play Nashville or Dallas in the first round? Like, I know we're saying we're done picking teams. I hope we play Dallas. It kind of looks like we're probably going to play Nashville. They both have two games left. Nashville's up a point. And I think Nashville has one more regulation win right now. So they'd have the tie break if they tied in points. Should okay, still be close though. They're really, they're really close. Like their record is like one loss different. Nashville? Yeah. For the Flames or from Dallas? From Dallas. So like it could be, it's still up in the air. So I've I've figured it out my own mental for my own mental health. Because I mean, we were talking about this before we jump on. And it's like shit, man. There's three there's three regular season games left. I'm getting fucking nervous. Yeah. And you you play uh, Vegas and they stomp you and you're like, holy fuck, I don't want to play Vegas. And now, now you're so hard not to kind of want to pick teams. But that's like a death trap, I think. Picking your opponent never bodes well, does it? We really wanted Colorado in 2019. <laughs> 
So I think the way I've, I've, the way I've shifted my perspective so that I'm not like walking around with like 10 out of 10 anxiety all day long is now I just want to beat them all. Yeah. I want to beat every team. Dallas, I want to beat them. Nashville, I want to beat them. Oilers, I want to beat them. Colorado, I want to beat them. And you can do the same thing on the East, but, you know, you worry about the West teams. But it's just like, no, I, I want this Calgary Flames team to beat every single fucking team in the league. That's where I'm at. Well, that ties into what Daryl was talking about yesterday. He was said something like um, for a long time, he was talking about a belief system versus a relief system. <laughs> Where's he come up with this shit? I know. It's amazing. I just listened to that. Um, and he was saying for like so many years, like winning for the flames is more like, Hey, it's relieving. It's like, Oh, and that's oh, what it's been relief. like. Right. It's like, Oh fuck. We've won game one. Thank God. Holy well, shit. that Dallas series, man. Yeah. Come on. Like, that every if we won, what a relief! We made it through the fucking onslaught. Dude, if we made it through a shift without getting scored on, it was relieving. It was like, whew, commercial break. Okay. When Mike Smith was going through his his fucking terrible play, yeah. Oh, they showed up the net, didn't go in. What a relief! Oh, Oof. but now, like, and again, this has taken probably a year of this team playing good hockey. Is like, we, you know, you go into a game. Still, it's still there. It's always there, right? Like you were saying, you get shit canned by Vegas. They're like, oh, fuck. Now you're just like, hey, this team's going to go in and play a really good game tonight. I think they can do it. And that's where I've turned around. That's where I think most of the fan base is going to turn around. I think this season for sure is like, we've gone from being fucking terrified to watch a hockey game to being excited to watch a hockey game. Outside of losing early on in the season to Montreal... Did you did we lose one game all season to a bottom half team? Um, I feel did we definitely didn't lose to Arizona at any point, did we this year? Did we lose to Ottawa? I think there's an Ottawa loss in there. Just one though. Early on, yeah. Just kind of in that slump. Seeing if I can find their record against playoff teams here, but I think there was definitely an Ottawa loss mixed in there somewhere. But like now, when you like in the last six, eight weeks, oh, you got Arizona tonight. There's, there's, yeah, yeah, totally. We're not, we're not gonna lose this. Like, yeah, they lost, they lost to Ottawa right after that really, that road trip where we got freaked out, where Tampa crushed them and Carolina crushed them. Right. And they've been the best team in the league since. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. Like they have just been cruising. And I guess Vancouver, but I, I wouldn't consider them a bottom They're feeder. Not bottom. They're not bottom half. And I mean, I guess maybe Buffalo beat you in overtime that one game, one nothing on that weird game. So like a Buffalo loss in overtime and an Ottawa loss coming off a tough road trip are the only two times you've lost to really bad teams and Montreal. So that's three. Because you're playing these teams this last week. Vancouver, out of the playoff, not in the playoff. I mean, they're damn close. But just, you can't, I guess the the, the Blues did it. They battled back from, they were in last place. They are dead last. Dead last to Stanley Cup. That, like, that happens never. 
that's, that's the only and first time it'll ever probably happen. Yeah. Vancouver, too big of a hole to battle back from. I mean, they won like what eight straight and they still still can't yeah. climb out of that hole. But you know, you've had some trouble with Vancouver. They're a really hot team right now. You spanked them. Like we we had we were in full control the entire game. You have you played Dallas. They're they're lower in the standings. You've had trouble with Dallas. Like, what, did you see that Forever. stat? See that stat they threw up? Dallas is like nine, one and two or something like that in the last twelve games in the dome or something. They've always had, yeah, like always. Remember, it's like a weird thing. Dallas always. It's because they play a big, strong, physical, tough hockey, which these guys have shied away from in the past few years. Now they can play that game with no issue. There was a quote from, I think it was Lucic. And you're laughing because he's walking around with just a cowboy hat on. Oh, he should, fuck, dude. I guess you have you can't be walking around naked, but how funny would it be? Maybe if you just had a towel on or something. <laughs> dude. Eh? Or one of those banana things. <laughs> the Stanley Cup parade is going to be off the charts. But his quote was, we want to be miserable. To play against. And I haven't heard much from the opponent's team's coaching. Like I have, like in the remember in the first what month and a half into the season, uh, the media just kept on picking up on it. They were saying, Oh, yeah, the other team's coach. So what do you think about Calgary? Oh, they're fucking playing big boy hockey. Tough to play against, tough to play against. I haven't heard much of that, but where do you think we rank on this? We're definitely tough to play against, right? I don't know if we're miserable to play against, though. But if that's where they want to be come playoff time, like they don't have to change much. Like they all might automatically just become miserable to play against because of now you're playing in a playoff atmosphere. This team has the foundation. I mean, well, yeah, I, I think the Flames, they've probably, if you don't watch them on a night to day basis and you see Daryl Sutter and you see they have Zadorov and Gabranson and Lucic and Richie and Lewis and all these guys, you probably think they play a little differently than they do. They're not playing like the 2004 team or like I think even like maybe the Blues did when they won the cup or like who's another big tough. LA. Yeah, they're not like the 2012 LA Kings where they will absolutely murder you physically every single night. They definitely have those elements, but I think they're just playing a bit of a hybrid style where I think you see a lot of that, um, especially in the bottom six. And with your, with your third pairing, those guys are fish physically punishing, but I mean, I think they're tough to play against because they get the puck back all the time. They're checking. That's what Daryl always says. They're, ch- they're checking in all three zones all the time. Like I was, I think Yarn Crocs had a, a few really good games and yep. Like watch him play or go back and watch some of the shifts from the last few games. That guy has been hard to play against the last few games, fucking all over the puck. Every time the other team has it, he's on the puck. He's getting that puck back. So I kind of think that's where the, that's what I see as the tough to play against is like, it's a pain in the ass. You don't have time. You don't have space. As soon as you have the puck, there's a Calgary flame in your face, trying to get the puck back. They're not trying to kill you all the time, but. So this is good. This will tie us into this laying the the Daryl foundation and get us going here. I'm listening to some of his, um, his pressers and he's talking, I mean, dude, before the season did, could you tell me what the Jennings trophy was? 
The only reason I know what the Jennings Trophy is is because um, I remember the Stars won it in the year they won the Cup, and I like fuck when you're old like we are we used to have vhs tapes and i had like the dallas star stanley cup year and i remember they won the jennings that year so if not for that no ed belfour because the first time he mentions this is when the media is trying to yeah you know awards yeah. awards award you get the jack you know, adams be, jack adams daryl what do you think about it here's a chance jerk yourself off yeah. don't give a shit Jennings, that's team award. Be interested in that one. And now he just brings Jennings up kind of on a weekly basis. eh? So, but dude, I, okay. Jennings. Yeah. Okay. Recognize that name. I don't, I didn't know what the fuck it was. Did you, I wouldn't be able to tell you again, if not for a, a random VHS tape that I owned when I was a kid, probably not. So the Jennings award goes to, the team with the lowest goals against average. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'd, honestly, you like, I probably just, like, <laughs> I, I know I recognize the name. I don't even think they do it at the award. I don't watch the awards anymore. Well, yeah, he would pick an award where they don't want to fucking give a word. <laughs> <out there. laughs> it's just a mention, but he's talking about it. I think he was talking about it yesterday. Because he says that is the number one thing. The number one goal for this team was to get the goals against average down. Because then you can put yourself in a playoff spot. And that's a team goal you work together, right? And he says the number one thing to reduce your goals against average is possession. It's going to bring it back to what you're saying about the checking and being, being hard, hard to play against because you have the puck more often. And when you don't have the puck, you know how to get the puck back. That's hard to play against. But coming back to also what you're saying with there's a hybrid going on. The other thing he's saying with this whole, the number one goal, bring the goals against average down. In order to do that, you got a possession. He also says you, you, the first thing he did was put a plan in place based on the personnel. And you're saying, okay, you got these teams, you got LA of the past. We're not 2012 LA when they could just fucking the whole team and just fucking beat you up, right? Uh, so big with speed, tenacious, all that stuff. You know, we're not these other teams. We're a hybrid. We are. Because Johnny Gaudreau, even though he can back check and he's having a really good year defensively, and Daryl has said he's the best checker. He's not going to um, – you're not going to exert, you know, a whole bunch of physical energy playing against Johnny Gaudreau and stuff. Maybe you're defending and your ankles are getting broken, but – Unless you're uh... – oh, shit. Whose ankles did he break on the Oilers last year? It wasn't Chris was Russell. Was it Nurse uh, he did that to? No, no. It was uh, Barry. Tyson Barry, that's right. Yeah, I think his ankles are still broken, aren't they? <laughs> but you're right. It's a hybrid. And Daryl probably knows exactly. And then coming back to the roles, we talked about roles on this podcast. I mean, the other day, Daryl's asked why Lucci's is effective and how he can be effective in the playoffs. It, oh, he's got a role. 
And so Daryl goes down through the roster and depending on the type of personnel, he has a plan for that individual and how that individual plan is going to play into the team uh, plan as a whole. He's got a plan in place based on the personnel. And this is funny because when Daryl's first hired, you have a oh, dinosaur. <laughs> I remember some of the Oilers fans, they were, were fucking laughing. They're like, you guys are fucking stupid. They get this fucking dinosaur. They're laughing now. But this was like the, the biggest mistake that a lot of people and a lot of media made was thinking, oh, Daryl's dinosaur. He only knows one way to play the game. And the game's passed him by. It's not the same game. He's going to try and implement, you know, the old belief systems and the only ways of knowing hockey into today's game. It's not going to work, right? These players are different. John, it's never going to work with Johnny Gaudreau. You know, two worlds apart. And it's not. That's not how he, that's not how he coaches. That's not how he sees the game. He's explained it. You put a plan in place based on your personnel. Like you said early on in Daryl's tenure here, the latest one is this guy understands who yeah, he's worked with skilled players before, right? And Kopitar and um, what was the Gabrick and Gabrick is there. Carter, I mean, he's Jody, Jeff Carter. Like he's, he's had a whole slew of different, it's not like, Everybody is just one blonde Lucic, Dustin Brown. Like this, the whole team wasn't based on that. There was a lot of skill on that team too in LA. So this guy, I mean, you're you're saying this before we jumped on here. This guy's so fucking smart. We've said it tons, but that's what we're seeing here. He's put a plan in place based on the personnel. It says you test it early on. You make tweaks as you go. But even you know, you just mentioned Yarn Croke. The guy's starting to figure it out. Dubé starting to figure it out. I think Coleman's starting to figure it out. Daryl's just been kind of tweaking as they go. But I think that's what you're seeing here, and that's why the hybrid thing is working for this team. Well, he even said it about, like, a guy like Richie the other night. Like, you know, like, I get the media always is trying to get, get him to talk about guys individually, which drives him bonkers. But anytime he does, he just said, like, he outlines their role and what he wants them to do. Right, he's always talking about how Trevor Lewis is there because he can make plays and win faceoffs. He's like talking about Brett Ritchie scoring a big goal the other night. He's like, he's a guy who in the playoffs is gonna, he's a guy who you want on your team because he can play his role. Oh, it's Most not because he, not because he hates to lose and yeah, he's a play, plays a lot of passion, <laughs> plays a lot, a, lot, a lot of emotion. <laughs> it's not this weird abstract bullshit. Darren Haynes. Oh, they don't hate to lose enough where it really. Really bothers them. Oh, really that's, burn that's them up. It's really burn them up to lose. And that's why they're not very you good. You gotta hate it where it burns. That's the cure. <laughs> no, you just need a coach who knows what he's doing. You see the guy who's in a fucking math teacher back there. You get, you get a guy that's not sharpening pencils on the bench. <laughs> uh. All right, let's get into some of the games. Unless there's more Daryl stuff you have there. You probably have a couple more Daryl notes, eh? Oh, I don't know. I'm just like, he's just, I'm kind of following his lead on these individual achievement things. 
because I know everybody's all excited about them, but I'm just kind of having a hard time. Like I know Chucky scores 40, Lindholm scored 40, Johnny's got a hundred. Johnny's almost at 40. It's like, I, I'm kind of having a hard time getting into that right now because I'm just like, so, um, you know, focused and like ready to fucking roll anxious, like anxious. Like, I'm yeah, just I, like, I'm just like laser focused on this stuff. It's like, I, these, the fact these guys are getting all these individual achievements is cool, but like, it's, it might not mean anything if they don't win around in the playoffs. No, dude, it means dick all. But you're right. Like, I kind of just, that's not what I, you're like, oh, yeah, right, right. Chucky scored his 40th goal and 100 points. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now back to who we play in the first round Nashville, Dallas. I want to beat them all. I, want, I wish we could play them both in the first round. I want to beat both of them. That's that's my that's my new <laughs> that's my new uh, way I want to look at this. this is it makes me deal with the the stress of it all. Right? You gotta it's 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 psychotherapy. It's like confront the thing that scares you the most. We need to play the Oilers in the playoffs so I can get over this shit. I I want to beat them. I re- honestly I want to beat the shit I, out of them. Nothing would please me more than to beat the Oilers. So if I'm it's laser focused and I get it from the players too, like I know Chucky was really stoked to get 40 tonight. So was Lindholm, but the boys are, they're focused, man. Yeah. They, they yeah. know what they are so dialed in right now. So one of the, I think the theme of last week, secondary scoring, right? You got Dubé's firing now. Manji Pawnee's getting on, he's, he's chipping and Coleman's going. You guys, that fourth line was great. Against Dude, they the, were against awesome. The Canucks. And you want to talk about executing a role. Richie's going to start game one, dude, isn't he? I don't even mind. Dude, I'm, he's been good. this Again, for as much shit as we gave him last year, he is. we've said it. He's been very good this year. I've had well, listen, no problem with Brett Richie on the fourth line doing what he's supposed to do. How many games? That's what I was going to say. How many games has Rich, Brett Richie played in the top six this season? I mean, I think you tried him once or twice. Like for five minutes before he got to Foley. Yeah, he used that was Brad's or uh, Daryl's the signaling strategy, mechanism. The signaling mess mechanism. Hey, dipshit. <laughs> Get us a fucking goal scorer. And then we got, uh, yeah, Yarn Crook's coming along. Yeah, so we had some secondary scoring. Let's whip through these. So she got Chicago. It's probably a solid win. Again, you're you beat a team that you should beat. Just one mm-hmm. stat that blew my mind just while we're on the Chicago game. Um, all these stats are being thrown out because Rose having the record breaking season. His he's, he has more points than Patrick Kane has ever scored in his career in one season. No, Patrick Kane's career high is 110 points. And what does Johnny have now? 111. Holy fuck yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? That puts well, it in perspective, I think. And what was the stat before that? So what, it was two weeks ago. Was there only one or two players, American-born players, that have hit 100 oh, points dude. before? Or was Kane the only one until until Johnny did it? Well, I think Kane has been the only one in like the last um, like 20 years. Because I think, it, obviously, Joe Mullen. It's fucking crazy because like there's only like six. I think there's only like six American-born players who have had 100 point plus seasons, and the Flames have three of them in Kachuk, Joe Mullen, and Johnny. So Johnny's the second, 
then Matthews does it a few days later, and now Chuck has hundred. Like that's crazy. Keith never hit hundred. Nope, dude. Keith, buddy, mix in oh. mix in a workout, bud. Holy bro, shit! Like, mix in a light beer or something, bro. No like, shit, you don't need to drink like you know. In the states, they have those like what is that? It's like the, it's the beer that's like fucking huge. It's like jumbo. Looks like one of those. Yeah, like that's got how many ounces is that? Sixty four. It's insane, buddy. You don't need that. So I did want to talk about this because one of the things that we're worried about is the re-signing of these guys. And we brought this up on the last episode because we're saying Kachuk's probably going to be the more challenging one to sign. Right? You got the Goudreau's love. The Goudreau love fest last week to show us like they like it here. It's probably an easier. He's going to might cost you more, but it's an easier guy to, to negotiate with. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. Everything. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. I don't know where I got the six American born players. Here I am butchering stats again. Um, oh, and by the way, did like you want to? Did you want to uh, correct yourself from the last plus minus thing? Okay, we got to insert a little Seinfeld thing here. So please, a little respect, for I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. You're not very bright, are you? No, I'm not. I would like to be, but I'm not. Remember who you're talking to? No one's a bigger idiot than me. No, see, he's not smart. People think he's smart, but he's not. I am the lord of the idiots. Um, you're not very Born bright. He's a bigger idiot. <laughs> you're not very bright, are you? No, I'm not. I'd like to be. Okay, fuck. I Yes, like, I am. That's how little I use plus minus, because we were arguing about it last week, if you don't listen weekly. And I'm like, yeah, plus minus is all situations. And including power play and including power play and penalty kill. And I was like amazed that Lindholm's plus minus was so great. <laughs> oh like, shit. He plays with the penalty kill. So fucking great. You're like, what are you fucking stupid? I'm like, when did they start that? And like In literally like five minutes after the episode had published, I get like 48 messages on Instagram. We're like, what are you fucking stupid? I'm like, what? <laughs> Where I was going with that though, is what I was I was gonna give up crazier stat because I was thinking, hey, it doesn't you know account for context, which it doesn't still like still power play gets inflated, blah blah blah. What I was gonna follow that up with is like Goudreau and Kachuk and Lindholm have the highest goals for percentage at five on five. So essentially what I think most people think plus minus is kind of measuring, like in the last 13, 14 years, like Goudreau and Kachuk are over 70% five on five goal share. It's insane. Nobody ever even gets like 60. The top five in the like, it's crazy. The top three players in the league this year who have played like 20 games in terms of goals for percentage are Matthew Kachuk, number one, Johnny Gaudreau, number two, Elias Lindholm, number three. It's fucking yeah, nuts. It's nuts, dude. So uh, you can't split this lineup, dude. Oh, dude, they're so good. I know, I know Daryl's tried to do it a few times just to remedy the, the middle six, but. So next time I butcher a stat, yeah, please uh, crucify me. Um, I'm going to be Eric Francis at this rate. They're going to have clips of me talking and uh, on somebody else's podcast with my. Uh, yeah, plus minus includes penalty kill. I'm 150% sure. Next. <laughs> I'm totally sure. God damn. 
so fuck. what's the what's the American one that you want to unbutcher? Well, somebody had said there was only like six players or something. This must have been like recently. Okay, did you know Pat LaFontaine was this good? Because I did. Oh yeah, 148 points in 1993. Oh, I can't. I didn't know he was that good. Holy shit! Holy shit is right. What I was thinking, the number six in my head was Johnny has had the sixth best point total of any American-born player. So that's where I got 111. Okay. But there's did, like uh, there's like Medano? 20 players. Who was, did Medano hit 100? Yeah. So LaFontaine, Hall, Kevin Stevens, multiple times. Johnny Gaudreau, Joe Mullen, Patrick Kane, Brett Hall. Did I say Brett Hall? Yeah. Jeremy Roenick. Oh, yeah, Roenick. Craig Janney. <laughs> Neil Broughton, Matthews, Doug Waite. And Brian Leach, but I don't think Medano ever hit a hundred points. He played in the dead puck era, so that makes sense. Yeah, the hooking holding fucking yeah. Still pretty good. And yo, Joe Mullen has to be one of the most underrated players of all time. Hey everybody, in the dome is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet or you live in Canada, you can still use DraftKings for all your daily fantasy hockey needs. You just draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and if they know how to count plus minus, unlike me, plus minus and all that other shit. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable platform. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's super easy. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Yo, make money from the Oilers and get $150 of free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Probably. He's got like I don't know if he, he's if you've ever heard him talk, but he's got like the thickest. He's from New York. He's just like, holy shit, he's a beauty. I wonder what he's up to right now. So they throw this quote up here. This is Keith Kachuk on the signing of Matthew Gaudreau. So he's obviously asked about it, and Keith says it's too early to tell. I know for a fact he loves the group. He's grown with some of these younger players, and the city has been outstanding to him. He loves the whole organization's training staff and everybody involved in it. Then this is the key one because that could be all this fluff, right? Even though Chucky himself did kind of reiterate that. And when he, when you hear Matthew talk about it, you can tell he's honest. Then Keith says they took him in as a younger player and helped develop him and put him in a good situation. And we won't forget that. I think as long as Daryl's here, yeah, Matthew is not going to be looking elsewhere first and foremost. And if he's if if they sign Johnny, why would he like you tell me Kachuk wouldn't want to play another season under Sutter with Johnny and Elias again? Especially if they get a little bit of success here in the playoffs. I don't know. I just playoff success. I, play, yeah, playoff success. I thought that was really interesting and kind of uh, telling from Keith too. Well, but here's the other thing: is how how uh, long did uh, Brady sign in Ottawa? Yeah, eight years. Like, come on, max max deal. Like this he signed worst, in Ottawa. The worst fucking team going, dude. 
Ottawa. Like, maybe not going, but like fuck Ottawa. Eight years. So, so they might yeah. hold out for money, but they're not necessarily the type of players that just fucking leave organizations hanging, right? Yeah, they're gonna get paid. Yeah. And so so they should. But um again, as soon as Brady signed in Ottawa, I was like, hey, we probably can get this done. It's in some manner or another. Like again, who signs in Ottawa? You gotta lock Johnny up for their six. Fucking sign Chucky a seven or eight. Fuck it. Oh, dude, if you can get John, if you can get Chucky Max turn, you have to because, like, I think that's what most of you are thinking is Chucky's just going to take short term or push for short term and get a huge payday when there's more money on the table in a few years. And he's like, he's probably in his prime right now, maybe like a couple more years. Um, but if you're Chuck, you're probably smart to take a few years. If you're the Flames, you you get this guy locked up for as long as possible. And the thing that is good, like I, I know where it's in tight next year, but after that, the flames are actually kind of okay. Yeah. Because you got well, Lynn, you got Lynn Holm at like such a steal, right? Yeah. Under $5 million. How many, how many more years is he locked up? He's locked up for at least three more. I think you better double check it. I'm, now I'm questioning. All now your- you're questioning everything. One fucking plus minus mistake. And nobody can <laughs> trust me anymore. <laughs> fucking plus minus. I hate that shit. <laughs> Be the death of me. Where the fuck is Lindholm on? Is you have a gambling problem? Is you messed up plus minus? Yeah. Lindholm. Oh shit. This is kind of freaky actually. Lindholm's uh, due in 2024. So after this season, we've only got him up for two, for two more years. Yeah. Well, but still, time, like, there's that's, the that's only guy. The who, yeah. The only guy who signed beyond that year is our. Coleman, Rastus Anderson, and Jacob Markstrom. And that's it. You don't have much in terms of long-term commitments. So, like, after next year, um, Lucic is done. Monaghan's done. After the next year, Backlund's done. So, those are kind of your three big you money sign, guys. You should sign Monjipani to five. Yeah. So six, max. If you Rush. can weasel through the next, next year specifically – and you're going to be really up against it and have to do some black magic to make Sean Monaghan disappear and make Milan Lucic disappear. After make, that, could you make Michael okay. Backlund disappear, please? Yeah, that would take some serious black magic. That's like some demon shit. <laughs> it's like we're going to have to get Hillary Clinton on that one. Man, I am so frustrated with him. I mean, look, he, he, he did a great job, you know, battling at the net. To, to help us score those two goals against Dallas. But my God, man, when him and Noah Hannafin are on the ice together, it's almost like an inevitability that one of the two of them is going to make a fucking stupid play that's going to cost us. Well, how many, like, here's a fun game that we play is Backlund's nightly stick infraction penalty, usually in the offensive zone. And, like, like watch for it every night. It'll happen every night. God, he makes so many dumb plays. He's just like, that's the thing. Like, he, I have this argument with a lot of people, and it's like, it's hard to argue that he is a good defensive player, but he's just dumb a lot of the time, you know? Really dumb. And in a playoff series, that one when a guy who's so important to your team, and He's playing a lot of big minutes. If he makes a dumb mistake in game seven, it's going to cost you a playoff series. 
I don't know. He's my biggest question mark going to the playoffs. Because if he's your I, oh, two, totally. if he's your if he's your two C and you're watching him on an nightly basis, just I mean, for sixty percent of the game, he's just making stupid, dumb decisions. Yeah, I have two. Well, three things going into the into the into the playoffs that I'm watching for power play number one because holy shit, the middle six, but Backlund specifically because we've said it before. It's like if he's playing well, the Flames are a totally different team. But he's so. It's wildly variable from game to game, season to season. Like, nice. are we getting are we getting the tail end of the 2019-2020 season, Michael Backlund, who was unbelievable, or are we getting the Michael Backlund who started that season, who was awful? Which one he's, are we getting, dude? He's hit or miss, like to the extreme. Either he's effective, or it's just like holy fuck, this guy's gonna cost us. So he better he better get his head on straight next this week. <laughs> Because like, like holy said, shit, do they need this guy to play? If him off. and Noah Hannafin are fucking in their own end together, and they they, they depending on each other to make a play, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing still with Hannafin because I know he's having a really good season, but like, there's always the possibility that he makes a blunder. Yeah, I mean his his margin for error, he's really tightened that up. Uh, he's playing way more consistent than we've way ever more seen. simple. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm less worried about him than you know, Backlund, but he's, he still makes the fucking odd play. I'm just like, dude, like, why would you do that? That makes no sense. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, uh, two points. If, if Backlund sucks this playoffs, we're done. Yeah. Because I, again, like, just one last thing, again, for all the criticism Goudreau gets for being shitty in the playoffs and Monaghan gets for being shitty in the playoffs. It's like Backlund's been there with those guys. And like, you remember how he, his line, we were all excited in 2019 for him to go head to head against McKinnon. How did that turn out? Not very good. <laughs> Not very good. All right. Two more points before we went through these games. Um, do you want to say anything to the the reason why I thought of this is remember for so long we were like because we're talking about the Chucky extension for so long we're like, oh this is the team's next captain team's next captain oh he's a really he's a really valuable part of the team and he's the team's next captain so that was like the mantra until uh, the the the, puck until the muzzin thing, and then all of a sudden, apparently, he's a little baby, and then no one likes him anymore, and we need to trade him, and he's not worth nine mil. Or was it nine mil? Yeah, nine mil. No, he's definitely not. Oh, like, no, he's nine not worth nine. No, he's not worth nine mil. Yeah. Get rid of him. Like there were literally, I don't know what the percentage was, but it was a high percentage of fans after last seeing saying uh, season saying trade Matthew Kachuk. Trade Killer Chuck because he's owed nine mil on his qualifying offer and he's not worth that. Not worth I think it. was like the extent of that argument. He's not worth it. Yeah. Um, so you know, anything do you have anything else to say to no, I think it speaks for itself. And I was also like, remember the Eichel thing? Like Pete, there's there's legitimate people who were like, remember when the weird rumor came out that it was like the flames are gonna are looking at trading Chuck plus for Eichel. And there are people like, do it. Needs to be done. It sucks, but it needs to be done. 
Jack, Jack Eichel in the biggest game of the year last night had like zero, zero goals, um, zero points, maybe two a shot. Two shots on net. Yeah, like he sucked. So he'll he'll probably be a Monaghan situation. He'll be good next year. Yeah, he'll be fine. But, but. fuck, come on. If you ever doubt him, Matthew Kachuk. If there's one person I'm not going to doubt in this organization outside of Daryl Sutter, it's Matthew Kachuk. Give me a break. Now, if if you sign him long term, do you make him your captain? I do. I know you do. I think the, I think the Flames will. Like, there's 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 one other guy. Right, like like if you're going to give someone the the C for the rest of the season, not that they're going to, but if you had to pick somebody, would you pick Chuck Urie now, or would you pick Chris Danov? I'd still probably go Chucky. Yeah, me too. I just think Tana, it's kind of like we said with Lucic when like everyone like, oh, Lucic, captain. It's like, it like that's kind of part of his thing already. Yeah. I don't know. I just think if you gave it to Kachuk, it's, ele- it's not strategic, right? Yeah, it elevates Kachuk. It, it's, exactly. It's more of a team identity thing. I don't know. If they gave it to Tana, I wouldn't care, but I should still give it to Kachuk. I kind of like the no captain thing because I was thinking like, okay, when the Flames won the cup in 1989, one of the, one of the more like, uh, different cup handoffs right because back then they had like rotating captains it was like lanny and poplinski and um someone else yep so three guys like got the cup it was, it was different than you see was it was al mac no it wasn't who else was it oh, fuck i'm gonna be i'm gonna be literally murdered in the streets for not knowing this we'll just don't make it up again eh? yeah i'm just not gonna be like <laughs> yes i know this for sure it was Joel Otto. It was Joel Otto. It might have been Joel Otto. It might have been. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, last thing I want to ask you before we get into the game. So. But my point being, like, again, oh. being somebody who's, like, into superstitions and shit, like, okay, they won, that's how they won the Stanley Cup then. So um, it would only be fitting when they win the Stanley Cup this year for, like, three guys, three A's to go get, to go get it. You brought up the Lindholm contract. We're going to want to steal for two more seasons. I got to ask you, currently, right now, today, who won that trade? This is coming up a lot, eh? Oh, well, dude, I'm a fucking... It's Tim look, Hunter. How do you how do you not remember Tim Hunter getting the Oh, uh, Timmy. God almighty. I don't know if they were all... They were, I remember all three of them, and they were in sweats. Remember Poplinski and Tim Hunter in, like, sweatsuits? Yeah, and they, in between shooting their, uh, what was the name of that music video they did? <laughs> well, the eighties were wild. Fuck the okay, 80s like great, eh? I this is how I've been answering this question. I think I've answered it still, and I think the fact that Daryl Sutter is like fuck off with your individual achievement shit. The Carolina Hurricanes won three playoff rounds with Dougie Hamilton on their team. They went to an Eastern Conference Final. The Flames have won three playoff games. So who, who, how can you say, how can you say a team won a trade when they haven't, when they've won three playoff games and the other team won three rounds? That's all I'm saying. What you're saying is let's see what happens this playoffs. If, I'm if saying Elias... the team has had no, I, I'm just like, I'm this debate rages on, right? Where it's like, Oh, this player, that player. It's like, we haven't won Jack fucking shit in like 30 years. So I don't really want to hear about, you know, 
oh, Lindholm, like, you know, like, oh, we won this trade. What if we haven't won anything? Yeah, we won nothing. <laughs> we won nothing. That's why we have to talk about who won a trade because we can't even get out of the first round. So we have to talk about winning something. So I, I'm, st- I, I will, um, if the Flames win the Stanley Cup this year, they won the trade. But until that time, they haven't won anything as a team. Okay, I love it. All right, let's let's just go <laughs> through. I weasel out of that one. Let's just do a summarization of the games like we did last time. Um, Chicago. I do want to mention the Johnny Gaudreau goal to go, to go up two nothing. Um, skates it from behind the net, comes up the half boards, comes along the blue, uh, just below the blue line, carries it around. It's a giant fucking circle. It's just like, okay, right about now, top shelf. And you're just like, dude, this guy is already be on fire. Do you want to have a hard conversation? Dude, like there's, was there, I, Connor's turned it up a little bit and the Oilers are rolling. So there's that. But, but isn't everybody bored of those two by now? Like, I know. You're going to give it to Connor or dry settle again? Come on. After Johnny scored that goal and like watching him like that week, right? Because they they beat the Coyotes 9-1. That they were just coming off that game. It was like, I, I don't know if there's a better player in the league right now than Johnny Gaudreau. So just mesmerizing. As of right now, Johnny's third in the league in scoring. McDavid's 118. Hubert 115. Johnny 111. I mean, what impresses me is, if you're looking at these stats, Drysdale's 108 and fourth. Is you look at Florida, like they're they're just a juggernaut offensive team, dude. Like, doesn't Giroux play on their third line or something? I don't even know who on their team. This like it's just guy after guy after guy. It's unreal. Like Florida's mo is scoring goals. Calgary's mo is just fucking beat you five on five, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Well, see, that would be my argument for Johnny, and I think this applies to Austin Matthews too. Maybe not even to this much extent because Johnny's been so unreal five on five. Is that you look at even strike points and you look at his goal differential five on five and his just exactly. dominance in both ends this year. Like that to me is why Johnny has been probably the the second most valuable. I think because Matthews, how can you overlook sixty? He's probably gonna get sixty goals. Like that's insane. But what? Johnny Gaudreau is having the best the best even strength season in like forever like he has 86 even strength points and like matthews is second and he's 10 points behind that's insane that's nuts he's he's either you think he'll either be one or two finalist or i i will be surprised if he's a finalist to be perfectly honest because i know how these hockey writers write they're gonna go mcdavid obviously matthews obviously and roman yossi is gonna get in there yeah, whatever. We'll fly under the radar. Yeah, I really don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. Because like Dale says, the only like fuck, dude. You know okay. what you know what trophy I want Johnny to win is the con smite. Dude. Oh my god. <laughs> I've never even fucking thought about that. Give me I've, the con I've never, smite. I've never thought about that in my brain in my ever. Connor can so have the heart. That's the first time I've ever thought of Johnny Gaudreau and Con Smythe. Could you imagine? I might have oh a God. brain aneurysm. Holy aneurysm. <laughs> a full body orgasm, dude. <laughs> Fuck. 
Hey, jeez. Yeah, like that's the only trophy I'm interested in. Jacking it on my ears, dude. Well, dude, like, <laughs> fucking. If the Flames make a serious run and they're in the Cup final, like Johnny Gaudreau will be like they can't do it without him being one of the best players in the entire league. I cannot wait to see playoff Johnny under Daryl, dude. Dude, I I'm like I. Wouldn't... I I wouldn't I be surprised. Can't even wait, like I'm I would, shaking right now. I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him late in the series round one to get going, but he's yeah. gonna find his mojo. Well, that's will. the thing too. It's just like I think we talked about this a bit last week. Was like, hey, other guys need to step up too. It's like I think if they could just get get past this mental fucking break of the first round, you know? Yeah, well, that's what Daryl's for, dude. Like if they can just get past the first round, you think Daryl has a hang up about first round? It's like, have you ever seen that clip of the guy um, telling Daryl this is when he's in LA? It's like, oh, LA hasn't won a game seven in like twenty years. Daryl's like, who cares? What are you gonna put it up with? Like, who cares? Oh, hey guys, I just found out we haven't won a game seven in like twenty years. It's too bad, <laughs> man. Guess we're done. It's awesome. He's the best, eh? He's the best. But I do like that's yeah, good point. That's what Daryl's for. Because I think once these guys who apparently have mental issues a lot of time, you've heard Daryl talk about how hard it's been to get them on the right track and get them playing consistently and get them under this weird fucking mindset they've been molded into by these weirdos for the past six years. Like if they can just win a game and then like string a few wins together and get out of the first round. Like I have no worries about them past the first round. I really don't not saying they're going to just ease their way to the cup, but I think for us and for the fan and for the players, it's just that first round hurdle is just like such a weird mental thing that hopefully Daryl can just break. Yeah. You said the guy's pitching in. Coleman, that was a great tip. He scores yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. And nice to see him contribute. The Nashville, like I said earlier, Manju Pawnee scores the only two goals. He's been snake bitten. We talked about that game a bit. Love the resilience to come back. It's your fifth game in eight nights, second half of back to back. They look tired. Um, the shootout, I don't know how much you want to talk about the shootout because, like Daryl says, five on five, and there's no fucking three on three shootout in the playoffs. But I don't think you want to start with Johnny. You save Johnny for your Johnny's your, yeah, Johnny's your game breaker. I the think. more, yeah, the more pressure he has in that third shot, if he has to score, he will. If he doesn't have to score, he might not. And I think we saw that. Chucky, I don't know, like, he's hit or point, miss on the shootout. Yeah, he is. You put the Foley in third. I don't mind that, but I would probably have started with the Foley, yeah, or or Lindholm. But like I said, we don't spend too much time on talking about a shootout. Shootout. shootout? I want shootout. <laughs> the Dallas game. I thought that was the worst game out of the four that the Flames played. That was frustrating at times. You and I were texting, and fuck, was it fresh? We were frustrated, but. Even still, that was a B game, maybe even a B minus game. Yeah, it's not a Chuck, good game. Chucky scores his 40th and the 100 point gets it over it in one pop. That was nice to see. That was a good goal. Yeah, that was good. That's a Chucky goal. Hannafin scores off someone's butt because, <laughs> hey, there's Backlund in the front. <laughs> he's he's in the goaltenders. He, he's had, he, 
he was a big part of those two goals, even though he didn't score them. But and then Tanev ends up with the game winner, same kind of thing. Um, and then I don't know what like the probably they played their best game against Vancouver. Safe to say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I enjoyed watching the national game. I like watching them come back, and um, yeah. but I think easily the best the best game was the Vancouver game. Like they pretty much dominated from start to finish. Do the Lindholm goal? Yeah, the power play has starting to show a few signs of life. If they can really utilize these last three uh, three games, like the thing about Hannafin, hey, if he's only dishing. Look, I'm, I prefer him on that top unit to Rasmus, don't you? Yes, because all Rasmus does is thinks that his shot's a yeah. fucking weapon. It's he not. thinks he's Al McKinnis back there. But Hannafin's more reluctant to shoot it. But I think he's starting to figure it out. His, his shots, he's just got to float them in there, which he's, he's been doing. And he gets some height on him. But he's, he's the best distributor, right? And if, and if that's what he's going to do, and they start to figure out the, the flanks, Right, they're finally got they got the umbrella going. Right, I don't know. The power play is kind of showing signs like it might start to click. Like that goal from Lindholm, fuck man, he scored that goal. I love that goal because he scored. That was like his one of his, in its first game in the Saddle Dome. I remember against Vancouver, he scored on a Markstrom. He scored on almost the exact same goal. Like Johnny set him up. Is at the other end, but that 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 cross ice play where he like cradles it and lasers it. The Dubé goal was sweet because Yarncroke, that was a hell of a, a shift by him. He sets Dubé up. Dubé's looking good. Dubé looks really good. Looks dialed in, too. Looks like hey. fucking ready to roll, dude. Are you like, We know he's a playoff guy, so yeah, him starting to score a whole bunch of goals right before the playoffs starts, that's a good sign. That line is starting to, to gel a bit, no? Yeah, they're looking good. I, I'm still a little iffy on the Toffoli-Backland combo, but well, I'm, just I'm liking fucking, that third line. Yeah, I agree with you. But come playoff time, it's going to be interesting how that line's utilized. Because you'd think tip traditionally, like, is 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 Daryl going to treat the third line as a shutdown line or backland's line? I feel like he'll probably go with the backland line. See, Manji, Pony, and Tafoli have developed a bit of chemistry, hey? Yeah, it's just backland. <laughs> yeah, he's the chemistry killer. Yeah. Almost as yeah, he's if he can't if he's not playing with a chuck, he's not nearly as good. Weird. So if you play the thing is, is Backlund almost needs that one-on-one. Backlund needs a one-on-one battle. In order he needs to his yeah to bring the best out of him. He needs to play with someone that's better, play against somebody that's better than him to bring the just best not out Nathan him. McKinnon. No, <laughs> but who would that be if you're playing Dallas? I don't know the Robertson line. Yeah. If it's probably, Nashville, yeah. the Duchesne line. Dude, Forsberg's dangerous. Eh? We just need Backlund to just play his game and not be an idiot and just simplify his game a bit and be be a force out there. My guess is we play Nashville because they're the better team, but they have a don't they play like Colorado and they got a tougher Schedule these last three games. This last week for them, they're playing good teams. It'd be fun to play Nashville just because, like, they're it's uh, again the games are always really good. You would think a series against Nashville. The, the thing is, they just play. like again, I'm not trying to like pick teams, but 
Soros could steal a series against a Flames team that historically like finishing like we talked about. Soros scares me. Even though Ottinger sure, but I I kill your mindset. Like if they can't, like they got it. Like bring it the fuck on, bring it on UC, bring it, beat everybody, bring it on, I bitch. Beat everybody. I want to beat them all. Bring yeah. I want to beat UC. I want to yeah. beat. Does uh, Duchesne play with Forsberg? Want to light him up? I think he does because Forsberg plays left wing, even though he's a right hand shot. Forsberg scares the shit. Yeah, out dude me. can shoot. So oh Fox man, he's deadly. And, he, and Granlin seems to be a flames killer. Granny, like granny. Like granny, like money, like Gio, like granny. <laughs> like hilly. <laughs> what was the game stats against Nashville? I'm curious. Uh, who who held I, I haven't been posting them because, like, honestly, I've been so, like, just, like, playoffs. Don't care. I, I've been watching the games, obviously, but I haven't been, like, I haven't been – been engaged in the games but i'm not really thinking like oh i hope we win tonight let's go boys i'm just like watching for certain things i'm like okay playoffs 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 okay nashville had 47 shot attempts to the flames 34 scoring chances 23 16 nashville high danger chances nine to six for nashville uh kind of kind of a rough first period for the flames so they better uh turn the tables around tomorrow night yeah they got to kill them tomorrow night what about Dallas? Do we do we take the bulk of the game against them, or is it pretty? Even? No, Dallas is actually is pretty even. Possession was uh, exactly the same. Thirty-seven shot attempts each. Dallas had the slight edge in scoring chances and uh, high danger chances, though. So kind of a kind of a meh game. No, I thought that was their worst game of the four. Yeah, and a boring game too. So um, Richie scores the biggest goal of the night, according to Daryl, which it was. Because I mean, Vancouver ties it up. And you score the next shift, fourth line. That was fucking huge. Dude, that fourth line was great. Lucic was awesome. Yeah, he was. Like that that next shift, when Lucic went four checking, you're like, holy fuck, Lucic yeah. is on a fucking mission. Yeah. And they scored like two seconds later. Yeah, that was like that was a hell of a shift. And again, like you're seeing why Trevor Lewis is on this team. Dude, I fucking love that guy. I love Trevor Lewis. Like, come on. Now that the fourth line is has got their role figured out, it's very outlined for them. Yeah. Lucci, you're gonna play. Imagine playing, and the fourth line is gonna get a lot of minutes. Playoffs, fourth line of Lewis, Richie, and uh, Lucic. This is might destroy some people. Yeah, and you know, come like Lucic can destroy people. He plays. Fuck, he's been playing me. Dude, did you see me- him without his shirt on? I don't know if I've ever seen him without his shirt on. This is the meanest we've seen him. Jeez, Louise, that guy's a tank. Like, I guess you know he's a tank, but like when you see a man. In his underwear with a cowboy hat on, like to all two hundred and whatever pounds he is, it's just like, jeez, he's a monster. It's fucking huge. I, like, I want to see Richie play mean, dude. One thing, yeah, he's got to pick it up a little bit with his with his crazy Richie, like get, channel whatever he did to beat the piss out of Jujar Car last year. I want to see some of that. But I was looking at um because I thought Zadorov has been pretty good the last few games. I was looking at some of his stats from that 2018 season because I yeah, kind of forgot. Yeah, Holy both. shit, dude! In 12 games in 2018, 2019, he had 59 hits. So he's a playoff warrior. This is insane. Okay, he's the second most amongst defensemen that year, and he only played 12 games. Excuse me, interesting, dude. Whew. 
I, okay. Uh, I'm so interested and curious to see what this team, I, I honestly, I don't think we know what type of a playoff team we have. Yeah, they don't I'm, even know. I'm trying my out. best to take your mindset here, but I'm still really nervous for game one. Like I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous that, that like they get scored on first and it's just like downhill and it's just like we get in a hole 2-0 and then they can't like dude, I'm just fucking dude, nervous. I'm terrified. It's not, gonna, it's not gonna happen, dude. It's not gonna be easy, but you get Daryl Sutter, man. You know you're the better team. You already know you're the better team. Whoever whoever we're facing. And maybe you're not miles miles better, but we have the better team. We and we're better five on five. The goaltending, if they have sorrows, maybe there's a slight edge. Depends. Markstrom could be just as good or better. Yeah, he should be. Could go either way. Yeah. But what I've really noticed with this team, we've we've mentioned it before, is that their ability to maintain control of the game. I mean, they throw that stat up there on the last game. The, no one's led more than the Calgary Flames all season long. Well, what are they? They've only lost one game in regulation when uh, up after two. It was like 39-1-2 or something bonkers. And when when they're not up, it's like they usually score first. And if they don't, they actually, they actually score it to tie it up pretty fairly quickly, yeah. most often. It's like that. And I, what I've also noticed is – Sometimes it's like their their starts to every period are always so sharp. I would say like ninety two percent of the time, um, their starts to, like when a you see I've seen it like quite a bit in the last few weeks. It's like maybe the other team's starting to push a bit to end the period, and you're like, okay, if you can hang on, Daryl's going to straighten these guys out for the yeah. start of the next period, and then that's what happens. It's like the coaching has such a direct impact onto the on-ice performance. And it's just like whatever he does in there, mentally, he brings these guys back on track. And it's like if we can get through the period, we're in good shape because Daryl will straight him out for the next one. Like that's – I keep telling myself that when, when you, know, you get to the end of these, each period and it's like you're starting to lose control a bit. Or you go to a TV timeout. Just give us a TTT timeout. Let Daryl talk to him on the bench real quick. It's like he's he's a big part of this team's success. I'm not worried. I'm nervous. I, no, I'm and... nervous. Yeah, I'm. De- I'm not worried. Like I'm, I'm more confident than I've ever been, and I'm like more excited than I've ever been. But I'm still fucking nervous. All right, uh, do big goal the back end. Yeah, that was sweet. That was fucking, dude. That wasn't just sweet, man. That was fucking gorgeous. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Flames related? Um, what do you want to wrap up on? Um, well, Lucic and Tanev and Toffoli were in Banff yesterday, all decked out in denim with their chicks. You see this? No. <laughs> yeah. I was in Canmore, so I was hoping to run into them, but dude, like, Lucci, what is with this guy Lucci right now? He's on another planet. Like he's on fucking fire, eh? Like it's unbelievable. Guy rolls up in that cowboy hat, and Daryl was like, "You don't, you can't wear that kind of cowboy hat. You need a work cowboy hat." Dude, that cowboy hat was atrocious. Even the that's terrible. Cowboy shirt, yeah. Yeah. He should roll up next game just like 
I don't know where you buy cowboy hats. Wranglers. Some no, shit what's, like what's that. Lamleys, dude. Lamleys, that's right. Lamleys Western Wear. That's where you go. That's probably where you, they sent him. He got a black one. Hopefully, he you hit never, up Lamleys you hear, if there's. You hear Cassie likes black ones, eh? The black cowboy hats. I didn't hear that. They well, they had luchis on the after hours and. Oh, I didn't watch after. And I think Scott Oaks like he said, you can get a new cowboy hat. It's like yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. And Cassie's like, are you gonna get a black one? He's like, yeah. She's like, ooh. <laughs> 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 oh fuck. It's like Cassie, simmer down Cassie. now. Cassie, it's PG. This is PG, Cassie. Take it down a notch. We know what Cassie was thinking about that name. Take it down a notch. Eh? She must have slept real good. <laughs> Especially when he's rolling around in his underwear. I was like, fuck, dude. That. I can't believe how huge that guy is. Uh, I wonder what Cassie <laughs> Cassie's probably watching that right now, eh? <laughs> All right, so Vegas, did they blow it? They blew it. The one of the flames thing I want to say is I kind of hope we see Dustin Wolf get a game in. You know he's not playing tomorrow, but no. or is it tonight? When's the game? What no, the fuck day night. is it? Tomorrow Tuesday night, night. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday night. Um, you know he's not playing. It'd be cool to see him get a game, but if he doesn't, I don't really care. All right. Um, the only two other things around the league gets laugh, uh, play his last game. Did you see the pass he made? No. Oh, fuck, dude. Dude, I've uh, Getzlaff has been the one guy I've always wished was a flame. I hated him when we played against them. Yeah, hated I, him. Like he, those ducks. Yeah. Fuck. Dude, I who did you hate Corey, more? Than, I hated Corey Perry. And who did you hate more? The obviously I hated the Ducks more because there was two teams we had the rivalry with. It was yeah. Canucks and Ducks, and I hated. I think I hated, I hated the, the Canucks more. more I think because I've I always had a soft spot for Getzlaff. I like Getzlaff. I hated the Ducks more. That that'll be a good question if you're listening to this yeah. and you're the type of person that will DM us. About something here in the episode. No, you usually only get DMs about, hey, you fucking idiot. <laughs> well, who did you hate more? Ducks or Canucks? Because for me, it's the Ducks. When we when my we went through the, the rounds with them and my hatred level for them, because we played them a lot in the playoffs too, right? Fuck it that I hate them. I think the, yeah. the hatred level is really high for both, but Ducks gets a slight edge. Especially because Kessler. Well, that's what play. I was going to say is because I hate the fundamentally you hate the Canucks because you hated Kessler was on that team and Bexa yeah. was on that team. So and it's still to, Canuck hate. Well, then you, they go to the Ducks. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. So I think I it's know. still rooted in Canucks hate because those Canucks team, when they had Kessler and Burroughs and the Sedins and Bexa, like, holy shit, they were insufferable to watch. Really good, but oh man, they were awful. So Vegas has a Two-goal lead against San Jose with a minute left last night. Vegas needs every fucking point they can get. San Jose scores two goals in the last minute, one goal in the dying second of the game. They win the game in the shootout to steal a point from Vegas. Is that the final blow to Vegas is the question? Oh, man, it kind of has to be, you think. like I, I, Dallas, I can never really trust. You know? Yeah. So I feel like they're still... The door could be, uh, I don't know, Dallas Dallas always seems, like Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan never can seem to pull up their big boy pants. Dallas and, is the only team currently in a playoff spot with a negative goal differential. Yeah, so they're still a little shaky to me, but I think Vegas is done. Like when Money Puck has them at 15% to make the playoffs, so there's still a chance, but... They're just not playing good hockey. Yeah, they're a, they're a mess. 
Fine by me. Okay, so that'll wrap it up for today. Next week, uh, next week's episode, we'll obviously wrap up the season and then take a look around the league Ooh. at uh, the upcoming playoff matchups. I think we'll play the Preds. You're thinking Dallas or the Preds? It feels like Nashville. Yeah, it just feels like the Stars are, are going to – not the Dallas Stars. Stars are aligning that we'll be playing Nashville in the first round. We'll be playing this. Power play. Banks it back to Rasmus Anderson. Here's running it all. Make the one-timer now. Kachuk again. Jammed on that. Scores! Matthew Kachuk gets his 40th goal in 100 points. Still managed to recover and now Hannafin. Over to Johnny Gaudreau. Gaudreau to Lindholm. Shoot! Scores! And there's 40 on the 